fantastic. It's been a great couple of weeks already in 2020. I can't believe we're in February. But this is an important year, guys. It's important year for so many reasons. Uh, just an update on our night shelter. Uh, we ran non-stop for six weeks. Uh, and just when we were closing on the uh, 30th uh, of January, we had MCC get in touch with us with four referrals. And so we've extended our night shelter. Okay, so keep our guys in prayer. Uh, they're still uh, running. Uh, we're not sure how long we'll run, but uh, pray for those who come in there that we'll be able to touch them uh, with the love of Christ. Amen. So just keeping you updated with all that's happening. Fantastic time at Bible school. And we've got John, actually John Partington's coming to us three times. So he's going to be for the leaders on Wednesday. He's with us on Sunday uh, here for service next Sunday morning. And he's speaking in Bible school on Monday. So we're kind of getting a caravan for him to stay over, I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, like I said when I shared a few weeks ago, I believe this is, this is a year that the Lord wants us to get a fresh revelation of the kingdom of God. Because we're kingdom people. We're kingdom people. We're kingdom-minded people. We're kingdom-acting people. We're kingdom-lifestyle people. And, and, and while it may sometimes be simple, it's fundamental. It's foundational. Because as we live on who we are, on the foundations of who God made us to be and what He's brought us into as kingdom people, that's when we will begin to see what we read about and hear about happen in our lives. And so I want to talk to us this morning about a very important element of kingdom because like I said I've got 10 topics and I wanted to say I, I, I felt what's the first one last time we just introduced the kingdom what's the most important bit if I have to choose one out of the remaining nine and this is what, what I'm going to talk on uh, this morning living with a kingdom mentality living with a kingdom mentality. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got to live with a kingdom mentality. And we're going to, we're going to see what that means in a moment. Kingdom. What I'm trying to do is take concepts from the word and simplify it so that we can understand it for us on a day-to-day -day basis in the 21st century. How do I apply what the Bible says about all these different things about the kingdom? And so, simply put, as I start my talk on what is a kingdom mentality, let me give you a simple definition. What is the kingdom mentality? And stay with me as we go through this. A kingdom mentality is simply a winning mentality. That's what I'm going to start with and end with. A kingdom mentality is a winning mentality. Just let it sink in for a moment. I'm going to build on this theme this morning. We're called to be winners. He's caused us to be winners. The devil wants us to be losers. God doesn't want us to be losers. The world and friends sometimes, people around us want us to be losers. But God wants us. To be winners. 
No theological contradiction to that. God can never want you to be a loser. So in other words, a kingdom mentality is a winning mentality. I'm called to win. Hallelujah. And when I look at my own life, I grew up with a losing mentality. Everything about me was defeat, defeat, lose, lose, not going to work out, boom, boom, boom. Till God had to change my mentality and say, if you are part of the kingdom, I've called you to a winning mentality. And I'm going to build on this because as we think, so we are. I'm going to link everything by scripture so you know what does the Bible say about the kingdom and having a kingdom mentality which is a winning mentality. And it simply hinges around one verse that I'm going to take us through. I can through Christ. I can through Christ. Now the world tries, the devil tries to copy what the kingdom does. And the world says, I, you've got to have an I can mentality. But that's only half the picture. Because how many of us know when we try to do an I can mentality in our own strength, we fail. We set ourselves up, we think, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a positive mindset. But a few hurdles, a few challenges, a few setbacks, and boom, the enthusiasm, the, the confidence is knocked. Until we have to sit through another positive uh, mindset session somewhere and work ourselves up. But the kingdom winning mentality simply says, I can, yes, but through Christ. Through Christ, I can do all things. We're going to build on that this morning. I can. And what we're doing Sunday by Sunday as we talk about the kingdom is saying, Lord, unpackage your word and give us a fresh revelation so that we can live according who you've made us to be. And so I'm just going to take a few seconds, just letting this introduction sink in. A kingdom mentality is a winning mentality. I can. I am. I will. I shall. But all of that through Christ. Through Christ. And so whatever you're going through this morning, right at this onset, you can say, I can go through that through Christ. I can become what I'm hoping to become through Christ. I can, I will, I am. And I'll read us a few scriptures to kind of take, to give us a foundation of what is this kingdom mentality. Of course, the verse there is from Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And of course, the context is talking of good weather and bad weather. He says, I know what is it what it means to be hungry, I know what it means to be full, I know what it to have good times, what it to have bad times, I can do all weather through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it all. I can go through it all. Romans 8, 37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. In other words, we are more than conquerors, but it doesn't stop there. The world would stop there. And say, now work yourselves up. You can do all things. But the Bible says, through Christ. You see, there's a, there's a link between us having a kingdom mentality, a positive mentality, a winning mentality. But it's always linked through Christ. Because there's no kingdom without Jesus. But when the king of the kingdom comes into our lives, we can. And I want, I'm praying that by the end of this message, you'll go out of this room 
saying, whatever comes against me, whatever the devil throws at me, from today till I leave this world, I'm not going to let the devil get me down. Ever again after this morning, the 2nd of February 2020, because you are called to have a winning mentality. You can, through Christ, who strengthens you. Again, Romans, in fact, Romans 8.37 uh, comes from a, a background from Romans 8.35, which I'll read again. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And he's saying, he's giving different categories of challenges we all face. And some of us, many of us, including myself, if we had been through any of these seven, I would have collapsed. I would have given up if I didn't have Jesus. And he says, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, which means lack or nakedness, which is vulnerability or danger. And I don't want to, because of time, I'm not unpackaging, but each of them have a significant meaning. Danger or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Not in fair weather. In all these things. Anyone going through a battle this morning? Listen, it says, in these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. It's easy to sing songs when everything is fine. How many of you agree with that? I, 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 I would do that myself. But the, what the Bible is telling us, the test of our kingdom mentality comes to the surface in the midst of trials. If we're really kingdom people, then in the midst of all this, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. You with me this morning? In the midst of the trial, that's when I know whether I'm really a kingdom person. I can title myself kingdom person, but as we heard in the first session, all those who say, Lord, Lord, will not be saved. Attending church is not the deal, but those who follow the will of my Father, who live the lifestyle of kingdom. And one of the things of kingdom is not cr being crushed in, in trials and tribulations, but in all these things, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. In fact, I'll refer to the question I kept asking us on the first Sunday. Now we're going to ask ourselves, are we really kingdom people? We could be church-going people. But church-going people doesn't cut it. Kingdom people makes the difference. And so the question is, are we kingdom people? In other words, Habakkuk 3 verses 17 to 19. It says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there be no grapes on the wines, even though the olive crop fails, and the fields lie empty and barren. Now, this is the writer. Okay, he's, he's, he's explaining his scenario. Even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. Verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign God is my strength. You see the link between his positive attitude? It's the Lord. If I have the Lord, I can have a kingdom mentality. Interesting, isn't it? He's linking. He says, I will because the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. Of course, Joel uh, gives us another verse where we have the beautiful song, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done. What's the starting of that song? Give thanks. 
give thanks. Classic, beautiful. I love that song. But the words of the song, let the poor say, I am rich. Let the weak say, I am strong. Because of what the Lord has done. You with me this morning? Kingdom mentality means having a winning mentality. Which says, I can through Christ. I can through Christ. I can through Christ. One more verse, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to, I'm not reading the whole thing, but where he says, my grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made known in your weakness. And that's when Paul says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So doesn't, we, we're weak in our own capacity. None of us can bring ourselves up to being positive. None of us can bring ourselves to be, being confident in our own strength. We'll all fail. I'll fail miserably if I try to be strong with my own strength. But when I recognize, as Paul says, his grace is sufficient for me. His strength is made known in my weakness. Therefore, when I am weak, then I am strong. Hey, are we tapping in to kingdom mentality? That's why the title this morning is Living with a Kingdom Mentality. Because for me as a pastor, I don't want it to go year in, year out, year in, year out, and we just go through the motions of being Christians. Attend church, go home. Attend church, go home. Listen, we've got to become kingdom-minded people more and more. Because when we become kingdom people, we'll be far more effective, number one, but we'll enjoy the journey even better. Enjoy the journey. I've come that you may have life. Now, because I'm enjoying life as a Christian, it's my duty as a pastor to tell Everyone, how can you enjoy life as a Christian as well? If not, how many of you know Christianity can be as difficult as anything else? But God made a way out. But it's only when we start living kingdom will we begin to actually enjoy being a Christian. If not, it'll be hard, difficult, tough, boring, week after week, month after month, problem after problem. Lord, what's this journey? Where's the abundant life that you called me to live? You'll begin to live an abundant life only if you live as a kingdom person. Revelation this morning. If you're not a kingdom person, you're not going to enjoy your Christian life. Amen? And so kingdom-mindedness is having a winning mentality, knowing I can through Christ. I put an interesting question down as my next part in this. Why should we have a kingdom-winning mentality? Why? Of course, as I said earlier, that's the way it's meant to be. If I'm part of the kingdom, that's what it's designed to be. If I'm part of the United Kingdom, there's a certain way in which I'm expected to live and operate. I mentioned that the last time. And so as kingdom citizens, God is saying, I want you to have a kingdom mentality. You can't say, Lord, Lord, and live a non-kingdom mentality. Isn't it fair for his expectation? However, there's another person coming into play when we talk about kingdom mentality, and that's the devil. Because the devil wants us to have the opposite. And I put down a few things that the devil wants us to have. The devil wants us to have a poverty mentality. I'm going to list a few kinds of mentalities the devil wants us to have. Nothing good is ever going to happen to me. I'm never going to succeed in life. Nothing good is going to come out of what of what efforts i put in poverty mentality 
No goodness. Morning, right through, 365 days. That's my, that's my cup of tea. That's what the devil wants us to have. A poverty man. And again, because of time, I, I can't unpackage all these things. I'm trying to concise it for a Sunday morning. But each of them are big deals. And all of us, many of us, some of us, myself, struggle to all, through all these mentalities, even as a young Christian. Till I have had to have a revelation from the Word of God as to what He's made me to be, who He's made me to be, and what He's provided for me. Another mentality the devil wants us to live with, an orphan mentality. So not only does he want us to live with a poverty mentality, that nothing good is ever going to work out, I'm always uh, at the receiving end, orphan, no one loves me, poor me, self-pity, I'm always left out. Anyone felt like that? I used to feel like that all the time, all the time, orphan mentality. One of, I remember in school, there was a song we sang at one of our school assemblies uh, highlighting, you know, the challenges some, some children faced. And there was a song that they sang, I'm nobody's child. Anyone remembers that? I'm nobody's child. Nobody loves me. No mommy's kisses. No dad. And listen, sometimes we can live with an orphan mentality, though we've got God as our heavenly father. <laughs> orphan mentality. And these are real things, guys. Real challenges. And I can identify with each of them because I lived through them for many years, even as a inverted bracket, comma, Christian, attending church, but living with a poverty mentality, living with an orphan mentality. Another mentality the devil wants us to live, victim mentality. Ah, oh, everyone's out to get me. Everyone's out to see my ruin. Everyone's out to kind of pick on me. Everyone's all out to use me. Hey, if those thoughts are going through your mind right now, it's not people around you. That's the devil wrapping his mentality around us. And that, today we want to break that mentality. We're going to break that mentality by the end of the service. You're not going to live with a poverty mentality. You're not going to live with an orphan mentality. You're not going to live with a victim mentality. You are not a victim. Hallelujah. Yes, we may have been victimized from time to time in different circumstances, but does, that doesn't qualify you to be a victim for the rest of your life because he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Free indeed. Not a victim. You've got to erase that. The devil puts that in. You know what he does? Keeps us down. Keeps us down. I mean, I could go on and on. One more. Defeat mentality. I will always fail. My life will always be a disaster. And the interesting thing is, as we said earlier, we begin to believe over a period of time. And this is interesting. What we begin to believe, we begin to feel. Our feelings are attached to our thoughts. I want you to know that. Our feelings are attached to our thoughts. As you think, 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 suddenly you begin to feel, 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 feel just what you're thinking. If I think I'm a victim, 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 then we begin to interpret everything that everyone does and feel, yeah, that's right, I am a victim. There we go again. There they're taking advantage of me. There they're taking advantage of my goodness. There I knew I was going to be, uh, you know, taking advantage. Listen, our feelings are attached 
to our thoughts. And then we begin to live in a dark place. And finally, I put down our feelings then dictate our actions. So our thinking mentality dictates our feelings. And our feelings ultimately dictate our actions. Because everybody hates me. Everybody's out to get me. Everybody's out to use me. Everybody's out to do this. I'll co- close myself up and I'm not going to get involved with anybody. Hey, you see? Mentality affects the feelings. Feelings affect the actions. And then that becomes a vicious cycle. Often, poverty, victim, defeat. I've seen this cycle with individuals so many times. So many. The words of their mouth reflect what they're thinking in their mind. And then you can see that's exactly what they're feeling. They're beginning to interpret everything. Even if you do good sometimes, they interpret it as someone, they're trying to get me. There's a catch somewhere. Because their whole mind, psyche, everything now is engulfed in this mentality of defeat. And the Lord says, listen, I want to break that. Because no one, ultimately, if you're my child, no one can mess with your life or your destiny because I'm in charge. And so, a kingdom, so I said, why should we have a kingdom? Because the kingdom mentality then pulls us out from that dark place and brings us back into the light. That's why it's important to have a kingdom. Because I can stay in the dark place for the rest of my life. But if I develop a kingdom mentality, the kingdom mentality will pull me out of that dark place and bring me into a healthy, confident life. I thank God he did that for me. I thank God. Like you, I, I, I know you might be bored with my story, but I reached the point in my ministry where I said, Lord, I cannot live this life any longer. I was ministering, preaching, praying for people. People were getting blessed, but on the inside, I was going through this. Myself, victim mentality. Often nobody really loves me. They're just using me because I can do this and do that. And all kinds of things. No good is going to happen to me. And I had to, I had to get a revelation from heaven. He who the sun sets free. It wasn't the people around me. It wasn't the circumstances. It wasn't even the devil ultimately. It was me causing the problem for myself. And I had to break that. Or he had to break it. And I allowed him to do that. And my life was never the same again. Then I could look in the mirror and say, yep, I appreciate that guy there. If not, I hated myself. See? Kingdom. Why is it important? If we are kingdom people, guys, we don't need to struggle for the rest of our life because he's come to give us life and freedom. And so you say, Chris, so far so good. Kingdom mentality is a winning mentality. I can through Christ. I don't want to give in now to the devil's plan for my life with all these other mentalities. I want to come out into the life, light and live victoriously and happy every day. So how do we do this? That's our big bit for this morning. How do we develop a kingdom mentality? And the answer, my friends, is very simple. Four points. Four points on how to develop a kingdom mentality. First of all, let me encourage you and say, if you are part of the kingdom, you can have a kingdom mentality. So let's start with that. You have access to it. It's yours. Sometimes we make life difficult for ourselves. But the Lord says, listen, it's easy. I want to give it to you. It's there for the taking. 
Very simply, number one, four things. Number one, the word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How many of you know every time we read the word, there's a revelation moment? Now, I read this verse many, many times, but can you guess what's the revelation I had from this verse? Man shall not live by bread alone, but we can sometimes live our life by few words. With me. Oh, those few verses are good. I'm going to live my life on those few verses. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every. That kind of stood out to me when I was doing these notes. And I said, wow, I've read this many, many, many years. But suddenly, it kind of hit me. If I have to have a kingdom mentality, I need to have the full counsel of the word of God. We can live on few things and say, yep, I'm going to church. I know this. I'm, Jesus loves me. You got a good Samaritan story. Boom, boom, boom. Listen, if I have to walk in my victory, I need to know the full counsel of the word of God. If not, forget it. No kingdom mentality till Jesus comes. Because you need the word of God to live your life upon in order to have what the word of God says. Hey, listen. I struggled for many years, you know, devouring the word. It was, it was, how many of you not easy sometimes? But when I realized the value attached to me knowing the word, I realized that's important for me. It's like when you're taking vitamins or, or medicine when you're sick. You can't miss the course. And so I realized in order for me to understand and grow, I needed to keep understanding, learning, growing, feeding on the word. Not just dry read it as a kind of a devotional. I want to know what it says. I want to know what, how to apply it. I want to know what's the, what's the meaning of that. So not just read the Bible. I read my uh, Psalm 23 this morning. Listen, I've done. No, no, no. What is the full counsel of the word of God? Man shall not live by bread alone, but every, if you have your Bible, underline that. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's why come to Bible school, attend your live group meetings, but that's only a small part of the bigger picture. You and I have got to be students of the word ourselves. Students of the word ourselves. And like I said, the Holy Spirit is given to us to help us understand. Listen, a lot of us in India never had access to resources. We didn't have access to, you know, going to Bible school a lot of times. But we had the Holy Spirit. And we had one another. Where there's a will, there's a way. Amen? Make 2020, make a decision. I'm going to be a person who knows the word of God. Not just a few verses, but the full deal. Because, number one, in order for me to develop a kingdom mentality, I need to have the word of God. I didn't have time. I wanted to actually play some sound clips for you. A sound clip of a, of a car that's on empty, okay, or a motorbike that's running on very little fuel, and the sound is very different from a tank that's full, okay, the tank that's empty, you can kind of, it's just kind of survival mode, it's kind of getting by, boop, 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 it's just kind of, you know, getting there, but a tank that's full has a purr, and when we are full, and I always use this phrase, what's the cargo we're carrying on the inside? 
what's the cargo? Is it good cargo of the word of God or is it cargo of all that the devil messes our minds with all the time? What are we carrying on the inside? Because the cargo that we are carrying determines our thinking. And I put the link. Our thinking affects our feelings and our feelings affect our actions. And ultimately, we want to develop a kingdom mentality, which is a winning mentality. I can through Christ. Number two, faith in him. Simple. Simple keys to getting a kingdom mentality. When we say faith in him, guess what? There is no but. People ask me, how do you define faith, Chris? Faith says no but. No if. If God says it, it is. If God says it, it will come to pass. And you may say, wow, this faith thing, Chris, I, people overemphasize faith. How many of you sometimes felt like that? These churches, these pastors, they just overemphasize faith, faith, faith all the time. Listen, hang in there with me. When the disciples were about to sink in the boat, remember that story? The storms came and Jesus was sleeping. Pretend sleep, I think. He's pretending. Let's see how these guys react. Pretend. Sometimes he does that with me as well. Pretends he's not around. See how I'm going to react. Lord, Lord, if you don't show up, if you don't do anything, what's going to happen? Panic button. Boom. And then he comes and storm. That's the good nature of our God. He's a lovely God. He doesn't beat us up if we mess up. We mess up a million times. He's still there. Son, daughter, doesn't matter. Try better the next time. Isn't it wonderful? We've got a good daddy, isn't it? He doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us what's good for us. And so he calmed the storm and he said, guys, listen, where's your faith? Where's your faith? Why did you panic? And I can go on and on and on where Jesus talks about faith. And my simple thing is when the when the going gets tough, choose to trust him. Choose. Faith is a choice, not a feeling. Chase, uh, faith is a choice. In the midst of my storm, my mind is racing. Quite okay. Butterflies are going on the inside. Quite okay. Because we're human beings. It's got to be there. Then it shows we still have a pulse. If you don't feel anything, something come for ministry. Got to feel. Okay. But what we're saying, when in the midst of those feelings, we choose to say, where does my help come from? Be still and know that I am God. So in the midst of my panic, in the midst of my battle, yes, the butterflies are going on the inside. Yes, the mind is playing all its games. In that moment of time, I say, I choose to put my trust in you. That's how the Bible says, God rewards people of faith. It's like, wow, you're going through, you're feeling horrible. You're feeling terrified. You're feeling hopeless. Yet in the midst of your feeling, you are choosing to put your trust in me. The daddy says, wow. How many of you have been through those with your kids? Okay, jump. I'm going to catch you. No, dad, I'm not going to jump. Come on, jump. No, I don't trust you. You're going to drop me. I mean, you, feel, you may not say it, but you feel a bit on the inside. When you say, yes, dad, whatever you say, wow, my child trusts me. You do, do even more. <laughs> hey, that's the same heavenly father. It pleases him when we choose to trust him. 
emits. And so it doesn't matter. Don't beat yourself up for feeling all the funny feelings. It's okay. It's human. Got to feel the feelings. Got to feel the panic sometimes. Got to feel. It's human. But in the midst of those feelings, you're saying, I choose to trust you. And I choose to say that you will make all things work together for my good. I choose. I choose. And so, the word of God and faith. But the third one is important. What is the third one? Word and faith in action now. So the first two were concepts. The word of God, I need to fill myself. Faith, I need to choose. What's important to develop a kingdom mindset is the word and faith need to be put into action, put into motion. So that we're not just hearers, but we're doers. Whether the Bible says confess, whether the Bible says resist, whether the Bible says ask, whether the Bible says stand, these are all doing things. Doing things. In order for us to put our faith in action. I'm going to read us a passage, okay? Bear with me. It's a little long. It's a little long passage. But I thought this was very significant when I was preparing this. Hebrews 11 is a chapter on faith. But a lot of times, we, because we've read it, we know what it's about. It doesn't give us revelation. Like when I read that verse, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word. We're going to read this again. Just to inspire us, okay? Stay with me. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. How did he do it? By faith. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. You may think, where was faith involved in that? Faith was involved in him bringing the sacrifice. And we're going to build on that. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a man and a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I believe he's a rewarder. How many of you believe God's a rewarder? He is a rewarder. If I choose to base my life on kingdom, he rewards me for it. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land, God promised him he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Hang in there, I'm getting to the end of this. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was not old. She believed that God would keep his promise. Anyone waiting for promises to be fulfilled? By faith she believed God would keep his, her, his promise to her. 
And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Verse 13, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. I like that. I underlined it. All these people died still believing. That means till their last day on earth, their circumstances did not change their unwavering faith in their God. I love that. They died. That means till their last day, they were unwavering in their faith. And I underlined it. They died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads on earth. And sometimes some of those promises were not meant for this earth. They were going to be fulfilled one day when they go into eternity. But they believed if God said it, it is true. I don't question him. If he said it, I believe it. Of course, that's why the significance there is eternity is what we're looking for. Eternity. And a lot of this is context of the promised land. So again, I'm not going into theology and all that. They were waiting for a promised land and they realized it's not the promised land here necessarily. It's a template of eternity. But they went on believing and believing and believing. Obviously, again, verse 14, obviously people who say such things are looking forward to a country that they can call their own. If they had longed for a country they came from, they would have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Amen. We've all got eternity. And again, I can go on and on. It was by faith Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Okay, Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. I'm looking for the last bit again because of time. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. How much more do I need to say? It will take too long, like the Sunday morning, to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouth of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned into strength, and they became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. I've only read half the chapter. It reminds us by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. If we don't get a revelation this morning, listen guys, read this 25 times. We are called to live by faith. By faith. There's n- you can never overemphasize faith. Because that's the currency in heaven. If love is the lifeline, faith is the currency. Faith. How do I develop a kingdom mindset? Fill myself with the word of God. Number one. Choose to operate in faith, even in the most trying of times. And of course, I combine the two. 
faith and word in action. You with me this morning? Final bit now. Final bit. Final piece of the jigsaw. What helps me develop a kingdom mentality? This is important. What is the condition of the soil? I know Wales is an agricultural farming, and so this will resonate with a lot of us this morning. What is the condition of my soil? That's very important in developing a kingdom mentality. Now, all of you will agree with me. Good soil plus good seed equals good harvest. Yes? Good soil plus good seed equals good harvest. Good soil, but bad seed. Bad harvest. Yeah? Bad soil and good seed. Still, poor harvest. Bad soil and bad seed. No harvest. Okay? So there's a link between seed and soil to produce the harvest. The Bible says the word of God is the seed. And the, all, the Bible also says that the word of God is the incorruptible seed. So if I go back to that equation, I can already put green wherever it says good seed because I can, I can rest assured that there's no problem with the seed. Hey, so far so good. You need two things for the harvest, the soil and the seed. But there's no problem ever with the seed. In other words, I need to investigate whether the soil is okay. If the soil needs to be dealt with, I need to deal with that because the good soil will then help produce a good harvest. You with me this morning? Because I can have point number one. I can have good word. Feed myself with all the word. I can have faith. Yep, I choose to trust you. Put it in action. But also what's important is the soil on the inside. And the Bible, when we talk of soil, it talks of our mind, it talks of our hearts, it talks of our inner person. Is that in the right place in order for me to have a winning mentality so that even when the battles arise, I'm still not defeated. I'm still a conqueror. I still see God's perspective in the midst of my storm. And, and if you, again, as homework, if you go and look at the parables of Jesus, 80 to 90% he's talking about the kingdom. And when he's talking about the kingdom, he's always referring to soil. Let me give you one example. Matthew 13, 19 to 23, the parable of the sower and the seed. And of course, he's explaining it. He says, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. We're still on the kingdom series, by the way. Then the evil one came and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Boom. And we've seen that happen again and again. People don't understand what it means to be kingdom. They just say, think, I say a sinner's prayer. And that's why we've got to be careful of what we introduce people to. Just saying two lines doesn't mean it's all hunky-dory. They need to understand what it means to become part of the kingdom. That means I choose to give up everything to follow Christ. That's when it means I'm really choosing to follow Jesus. Okay, that's what true salvation is. The other things are fake. Fake news. 
Okay. Then the evil, verse 20, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Seen that happen again and again. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 fold as much as had been planted. One parable. I'll give you one more parable. This is very interesting. Again, I read this several times, but it stood out to me this time. Mark 4, if, you, if you've not made any notes, make, this, make note of this. Mark 4, verses 26 to 29. Again, Jesus talked about the kingdom. This is what this, Jesus was. This is what the kingdom of God is like. Okay, he's not talking, this is what church is like. This is not what your, you know, club is like. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, underline that, the soil produces grain. All by itself, the soil produces grain. I'll say that again. All by itself, the soil produces grain. There's no problem with the seed. It's the soil that produces the harvest. This is Jesus saying, what is the kingdom of God, not church attendance? First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. What he's saying is, listen, once we have good soil, it's amazing sometimes we don't even know how the kingdom is changing us. Wow. Wow. Because I'm pursuing the kingdom and I'm allowing my soil to be good. I can't say 25 years down the line I still haven't changed. Something wrong with the soil. Because if my soil is kept healthy, he says the farmer doesn't even need to do anything. He's planted the seed and he walks away. The seed begins to produce. Because there's something magical that happens when the seed and the soil come together. Amen. God works out something beautiful when the seed, seed and the soil. And he's, I like that. It says the soil produces grain. And again, I'm, because of time, read. There are about seven references to the kingdom in that passage of Mark. Uh, in, in, the, in Matthew. And it's talking about the kingdom and soil. Another one. While men slept, the enemy came and sowed weeds. Remember that parable? Now, while it's talking about the world, that's the context of the parable, but it's a similar reference to our lives. If we are not careful and if we go to sleep in our pursuit of the kingdom, the devil can come and sow all kinds of things in our lives, messes with our minds, minds mess with our feelings, and feelings mess with our actions. Vicious cycle. Therefore, the mind is so important, having a kingdom mentality. How good is our soil? Is it hard? Is there skepticism in our soil? 
Is there doubt and fear in our soil that we need to deal with and say, Holy Spirit, I need you to come and do a surgery so that I'm not a skeptic about what I believe in. So I'm not a, I'm not a doubter of what I believe in. I'm not fearful. I've not hardened my heart and become immune to this so-called Christian faith that I'm not allowing you on a day-to-day basis to allow your Holy Spirit to work in my soil. Hey, every day Holy Spirit wants to till the soil. If you're a farmer, you know how important it is to clear the soil. Take off the weeds. Take off all the clutter. I'm not, a, I'm not a great person with green fingers. But every time I have to read the instruction, it says, prepare the soil. Prepare the soil. Prepare the soil before you put the seed in. Prepare the soil before you put the plant in. Because the soil is very important to seeing victory. You with me this morning? And so deal with the soil. Heart and mind are linked as a man thinks in his heart. Our mind and our heart, our feelings and our thoughts are very intertwined with each other. Develop a kingdom mentality. Guys, meant to go to the next one. Or you could press it as well over there. That's fine. Just want to end with that. I can through Christ. This morning I actually want us to be encouraged. That you and I are called to live with a winning mentality. I can through Christ. I am in Christ. I will with Christ. In fact, Philippians 4, it says, So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts. See how important it is. On every glorious work of God, praising Him always. Guys, as we begin to live, develop a kingdom mentality. I had a stinking thinking. That's what I used to call my mind. Stinking thinking. And I can't tell you how many years I lived in pain. How many years I lived with heartache. The Christian life was a heartache life for me. Because my mind. Stinking thinking. But then when I had to have a revelation... Chris, you don't need to live like this for the rest of your life. As I began to think, I began to feel, I began to act, things begin, began to change. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So put off yourself. Put off Chris. Put on Christ. That's the key. Put off, switch off yourself. I said that when we had our first prayer meeting. Don't look at yourself in 2020. Because when you look at ourselves, we see all the worst. When you look to him, he says, this is how I see you. And if this is how I see you, this is how I need you to think. The devil will keep throwing darts of defeat, of the orphan mentality, of victim mentality, of poverty mentality, of defeat mentality. Listen, we don't want to live with those chains for the rest of our lives. He who the sun sets free. Free indeed. This morning you can say Holy Spirit. Begin a new work. The worship team can come up. Holy Spirit. Begin a 
a new work. Kingdom. I want to be a kingdom person. Kingdom minded. Kingdom victory. Kingdom success. That even in the midst of the storms, I'm still a winner. Because my God knows why he's taking me through it. And I choose in those times to set my mind on things above. I trust you. I worship you. I praise you. I honor you. I glorify you. That even if I was in the boat that was sinking and all the other disciples were saying, Jesus, Jesus, we're going to drown. I'll be the one saying, we're not going to drown. Because God is with us. God is with us. Let's arise this morning. Take a moment. It's not another Sunday morning. It's a series on the kingdom. We're allowing the word of God to water our minds. Water our minds. Water our minds. Listen. Sometimes we may not see in this life what we think we want to see. Don't stop trusting him. That's why I like chapter on faith. Many of them died until their last dying day. They kept on believing. Because he is a true God. He'll never let us down. Never let us down. Thank you, Father. As we perceive, so we receive. Lord, as we read Ephesians recently, Open up our spiritual understanding. Give us revelation of the inheritance we have. Of our calling. Of the power that resides inside each of us. Give us a revelation. Not just in word, but now we will begin to operate in it. Day by day getting stronger. Day by day getting closer to you. And then not just enjoying that life for ourselves, but taking this good news people outside who are hurting paining, broken who need the Savior so come this morning let your word speak to us let your word inspire us whatever happens we're going to keep our minds stayed on you kingdom mindset winning mindset I am going to win whatever happens I am going to win through Christ I am going to finish my race through Christ. I am going to succeed through Christ based on what His plan is. Not my plan, His plan. My plan may be different, doesn't matter. Lord, we give ourselves afresh to you today. Kingdom people. Kingdom people meditating on your word. Every word. Help us to become students of your word. Meditate on every word. Speaking in a heavenly language. It's called the gift of tongues. Because the Holy Spirit is here this morning. He wants to touch us. He wants to break chains. Break chains of fear, break chains of doubt, break the orphan mentality. Listen, my brother, my sister, I struggle, so I know the pain. You don't need to struggle like that anymore. You can be free of those tormenting thoughts. You can be free of those defeat thoughts. 
can live in freedom. Holy Spirit, let your river flow this morning. Thank you that your word brings life. Thank you, faith comes by hearing the word of God. So let your word cause faith to arise that, Father, we're going to enjoy the rest of our years on earth before we come home to you. Even in the midst of persecution, as Paul said, even in the midst of hardship, even in the midst of pain, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Help us not to give in. And our actions give in. We begin to mourn, we begin to grumble, we begin to get picky. And our dark cloud comes over us. Lift that up off today. But I pray, Father, we would take action. We would take keys that your scripture gives us. We wouldn't just sit there and expect you to make it happen, but we take the keys you've given us. Put it into practice so that we are doers of your word. And then we'll begin to see what this abundant life is all about. Victory, favor, doors open that is unexpected. Miracles happen. Supernatural things. Blind eyes are opened. As Hebrew said, women receive their dead kids back to life by faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith, by faith, give us a mind of faith. Thank you, Jesus. Through Christ, who did it on the cross of Calvary. Therefore, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Because of what Jesus has done. He's my battle cry now. He's my victory. He's my song in the midst of the darkness. Thank you, Lord. Let's take a